piercing your firewall and filling your ports with technology goodness. It's the 1352 Report. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the 1352 Report. In fact, a long-awaited and a long-overdue episode of the 1352 Report. And my name is Bruce Elgort, and from the East Coast we have... All right, you guys, come on. (laughs) (laughs) So, Carl Tyler. Yes, I'm here. Jess Stratton. Yes, I'm here, and you can't change things up, and it screws us up. You can't See, do that. Okay, I won't do it anymore. And Sean Figment Burgess. Hello. How you doing, guys? Good. A lot has happened since uh, February 3rd when uh, we've, we've all fl- been so busy. I, I think we really have. I, I've been. Well, happy- you know, I, I mean, it's been nonstop putting out notes is dead fires. <laughs> have you been listening to Jeff Jarvis on This Week in Google? Nope. Jeff Jarvis, you don't know who he is? Absolutely not. All right. Uh he's the guy who What's Google? What's Google? He he was on um he's on a podcast with Leo Laporte where they talk about uh this week in Google and Leo Laporte as you know constantly trashes, you know, Lotus Notes as now, Hold on. Leo, Leo well, Leo Laporte, he was one of those guys on what screensavers or something? Yeah, exactly. He was now, on tech, so, tech TV. So there's, there was another guy on Screensavers. He's gone on and done very well. The guy that founded Dig, he was on Screensavers. So you're saying Leo hasn't done well? Well, not as well as the guy that founded Dig. Yeah, that, that's true. No, I think Leo has done, uh, Leo's done an amazing job with podcasting, right? He has like, what, 20 or 30 shows he does on a weekly basis. But during those shows, he often... You know, trash his notes because I think he had to use it at Tech TV or something like that. So actually, Ziff, Ziff Davis were a uh, note shop, yeah. Right. So finally, um, they were talking about how Howard Stern uses it, and I believe uh, Howard Stern had Jeff Schick come down and demonstrate for uh, Howard and the gang and Jeff Jarvis. You know what notes is about nowadays, not not what they knew in the five six. Uh, 5X, 6X days. So um, it seems to have gone pretty well. Carl, you were going to say something? Was I? Well, I I didn't actually hear the thing on the Howard Stern. I heard the uh, how. by the time I start listening to Howard Stern, he's already had most people on. I heard the summary, which was Howard Stern was kind of depressed about the whole thing because he goes, oh, I felt really bad. We had, you know, Jeff Jarvis in to educate more about notes and he ended up telling us all about his cancer or something. (laughs) So... So I don't I don't know what actually happened on the show, but I think Ed had uh, written something up about it, and I think the first comment back was um, actually from Jeff Jarvis on on his blog posting, saying something like you know he wouldn't quite go that far or something. Jeff Jarvis but, uh, actually wrote wrote a blog about it first, just telling everybody about his um he was on BuzzMachine.com about how um you know he got this tour from Jeff Schick and he said hey guess what. Um, I'll concede it's impressive. That's what he said. You know, he and then he had a nice, you know, couple of paragraphs, all good things to say about IBM. And you know, he says he'll take back every, you know, most of what he said about notes. So it was kind of a, you know, 
I mean, the great thing about this is that you have Howard Stern, who people pay lots of money to to endorse their products in the middle of his shows, and here he is endorsing one for free, basically. Yeah, Carl, when you started talking about Howard Stern and something, I was I, I somehow envision envision you showing him your boobies or something. What? <laughs> okay. I don't know when this one's going out, but I apologize to anybody that now has that image in their head. And I don't even know where Bruce would get such an idea from, but Gail probably needs to take you to see somebody straight away. Hey, I, I've come out of my little hole, and I'm coming out strong, and somehow... Um... And they're not boobs, they're moobs. <laughs> Sean, are you still with us? You know, I, I exposed lots of skin on Monday for that whole boob cleavage thing, seeing if I could cause an earthquake, and it didn't happen. <laughs> oh, so did I Did I tell you that um, I was in a bar the other night, and I found a copy of Notes 9, and I sold it to Gizmodo. Um, uh, did I tell you about that? Now, what do we think about that? Do we think that's, uh, that was accidental, or do we think that was accidentally on purpose? I think it was accidental. He's getting screwed by the government. I mean, he got served with a search warrant today, and yesterday. It, well, the, well, the the editor did. Did the did the um, did the person that accidentally forgot it in the bar get served with a warrant? He probably got served with pink slip to walk out of the place. Well, unless it was done on purpose. No, it wasn't done on purpose. And then, what about the whole mobile me thing? Shouldn't they have just been able to track it down? Yeah, I lost my four G iPhone. Find it. Uh, I don't know the whole the whole thing's really screwy, and you know I, personally, Gizmodo outing the guy and all that stuff and paying money for it. I don't know, I, it's kind of yeah. cheesy to me. It's got them lots of publicity, so they got out of it what they want. So, do you want to buy a copy of Notes Nine Five Grand? I have Notes Nine Point Five already, and I'm not going to say like Ed Brill left it at a bar or anything like that. <laughs> it was Alan Lepofsky, same person. So, um, Carl, did you get an iPad? No, I did not. Didn't you show up an unboxing of an iPad? Did so what happened was uh, a package arrived at my house. I opened it up, and it's an iPad. And then I remembered a friend in England was sending it to me so I could send it to them. Because I was just like, wow, somebody sent me an iPad. That's cool. <laughs> and, then, and then I remembered that somebody else had said they were going to send it to my house so I could send it to them because they can't order it in the UK yet. Uh-huh. So... I literally opened the outside box to see what it was, and it's like, oh. And then I took a picture of it and closed it back up. Because there are some people that did get iPads that I kind of ridiculed at the beginning, saying, well, I'm not going to get one. And they saw that on things like Facebook, and they're just like, ha, you gave in? And I'm like, no, I didn't. <laughs> oh, well, I, uh, has, has the iPad hype, hype died down? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's still there at the moment. Uh-huh. Sean, do you have an iPad opinion? device i think it's um interesting it's heavy it's really heavy compared to what i expected it to be um i i think it's missing some things that hopefully they will get right in the version two have you touched one yeah i have touched one and what did you Uh, use tell us uh what you played with or what you uh used on it simply playing around with it wasn't actually using it like for a regular basis mm-hmm. um if i had you know if i had the money to throw around and didn't mind you know losing it i'd get one just to play the movies on for the kids when we're going places um they wouldn't fight over it yeah they fight over everything mm, that's true 
So just Jess, tell, just just tell them whoever fights over it the most gets the bump in the middle of the back seat. <laughs> Jess, have you uh, had a chance to uh, get your hands on an iPad and toy around? Nope. Pretty much the only place near me that you could ever get it is at the Providence Place Mall, and they're not going to have them until May. Wow. So I touched yep. the box. <laughs> well, the uh, funniest thing is. My dad posted a comment on that picture, and the picture, it looks like there's an iPad in it, and it's turned on. He actually thought that the iPad was shipped, turned on, with the screen showing when you opened the box. Well, kind of like the um, the Kindle. I didn't know about the e-ink technology, and I, we got a Kindle, and I'm, like, trying to peel, peel it off, peel the sticker off the screen. <laughs> so we're not going to tell anyone about that. But yeah, I, we'll keep the secret. We, we, had, we got an iPad the day it came out, and I, a, a lot of things that Sean said, the, the weight... You know, when when you think about it, you know, when your hand starts to get a little, uh, you know, starts to hurt a little bit, you know, when you start moving, you know, fetching around, right? You're turning what? the... Uh, what are you talking about, Bruce? <laughs> no, it, 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 it is a little heavy. Uh, it is very cool. Have I... Wh- where do I use it? Where do I use it? I don't um, want to know after the way you described it. Is it? <laughs> Carl, you're just trying to deflect on the man boob thing. So I, I use I, it – just sh- just shut up, all right? I use it on the lazy boy, okay? I'll just sit sit back after work and I'll, I'll... – You're not making this any better. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you say just makes it worse. Now you know why it's, we it's haven't done it. because on Attack of the Show, when they did their review of it, that was pretty much the one thing they had to say about it is that it's way heavier than you'd expect it would be. So that's interesting that everybody's noticing – well, you notice it when you want to notice it. If you're busy doing something, you tend not to notice how heavy it is. Now, how do you so, use it? Tell, tell me this. If, since it's flat, if you're using it, say, on a couch, how, do you just have to hold it up? I mean, how, you know? Okay, what do I use it for? I guess that's the first question, right? Yeah. I, I, I read web pages with it. I read, I have some apps for reading news, okay? Again, it's it's being held in my left hand and being uh being i'm not going to say it being manipulated with my hand uh with my right hand um let's see i really so don't is it possible to like hold it with one hand and turn pages with one hand yeah of course okay yeah you hold it with one hand and you swipe with the other hand it's not hard carl no that isn't what i asked would you ask like, can you you hold it with one hand and change pages and stuff? Or oh, like if, you're, oh. if you're taking, let's say you're taking notes with your other hand, can you can you like hold it and turn pages or anything with one hand, or does it does it involve the whole big gestures and stuff? Well, if I'm taking notes, Julian does it. True. Good point. Yeah. Um. Hold on. Let me grab it. Oh. Me to me, the the iPad's all about consuming data. It's really not something you're gonna ever put too much data in. I think the iPad would be perfect for my mother. Um, You know, she posts a few things to Facebook. She's looking at pictures of nieces and nephews. And, you know, she's scrolling through Facebook pages and she could check the weather and she doesn't have to boot up the whole big machine, you know, and break it. And then my dad gets all upset. She could just use an iPad and she'd be perfectly happy, I think. Not a one-handed device, okay? Okay. Uh, For sure. I don't know if I could give this device to my mother and have her deal with email. I, I really don't. My mom's 74. Sorry, Mom, if I got your age was, wrong. There's some video of a woman over 100 getting her first iPad, and she's it, right. She's in there. She's away. In Oregon. Yeah. But she she's 
being coached a lot. If you watch that video, I mean, she's only a hundred. That's true. She's not old. Yeah, but it, it's it's definitely heavy. Um, the content consumption, like Sean said, it is phenomenal, and I think everyone agrees with that. You know, using things like Mail and Safari work great. There's some really cool apps like the Marvel Comic app. If you guys now, have you been have you bought apps or have you been primarily using free ones? I've spent about fifty bucks on apps. I bought Keynote because you know I'm a Keynote fiend, and uh-huh. you know uh, it, it's okay. It's always if you had to compose a intricate, say, Lotusphere presentation, you're not going to do it on the iPad. If you well, want, that's because pre- there isn't Symphony. That's true. But if you want to do a presentation, it's fine. Typing on it, like Jess was uh, talking about before, it, you know, it for me, for me, it, it, it's very hard. So now, now the other thing that's happened since that happened was well, there's obviously the iPhone 4 OS announcement, and also Jess, what's happening with your Palm Company? I don't know, but you know, are you worried? I'm I'm a little worried because the palm is so great and it's just, you know, not a whole not a whole lot of people took to it. You know, I think if more pe- it, the palm the palm pre got really plagued by shoddy hardware, right? And and I had both me and my husband had to take ours back and get new ones, and we still continue to. You know, it was just it was made cheaply, and I think that's cost them everything um, because the phone is so great. If anything. You know, when this phone gets outdated, I really hope there's a phone that does exactly everything that this one does and still has the ability to multitask because that's what really makes the pre shine. You know, especially just to be able to do turn by turn GPS in my car and listen to the MP3 players. And because it all works together, you know, I can stream Pandora through my car. And, and when it's making a turn, um, it dims the music to announce the turn. And, you know, I can flip back and forth. If, if I'm listening to music, I can move tracks. But at the same time, if I'm confused about the directions and I need to bring, you know, the, the picture up with all the GPS turns, I can just, you know, swipe my finger and, and up it comes. So for that, to me, it's beyond perfect in, in what it does. So I just think it's really sad that not more people got to experience that. And I definitely think a lot of the hardware problems cost them a lot. So hopefully, you know, I don't know how they're doing with the Pixie, which is pretty much the same device. Um, but it's a shame about the Prey because it is such a great, great little phone. Yeah. Carl, you've been busy with same time eight five upgrades. Uh, yeah, and same time advanced, and um, well, you had to raise that, didn't you, Bruce? I was in such a good mood up until that point. Why? No, I mean, um, no, I mean they're they're both uh, good products once you have them installed in things. And just just the requirements for people are a little onerous on smaller companies, as in below a thousand people, and. Um, the installers have a long way to go, and documentation is also still pretty weak. And if you experience any issue, then it's kind of like uh, you find yourself by yourself because not many other people have experienced the issue, which means that Lotus Support knows nothing about it. So a lot of things are kind of, you know, um, learning at somebody else's expense, which I always feel bad about. Um, but there's, it's, it's definitely, uh, not as simple as said, Domino install where you click set up, you install it, you type in some fields and lo and behold, it's running. That is not the case with, uh, same time. Well, it's not the case with any of these web sphere based solutions. If we're perfectly honest. Sean, you want to say something? Yeah, 
I'm, I'm running the same issue you are because I've got a client that is itching to move to same time eight five. So I'm having to, you know, I've worked with you. I've worked with Gabby to get, you know, the specs on the environment that I want to have set up. But it's, you know, for us, they're 450 users and I got to put out five servers. Yeah. It's unreal. And, and and one of the biggest issues right now is, you know, IBM's doing a great job of telling customers like how great video is and how great all this other stuff is. You know, they'll tell you about how great telephony is and that they're always pushing same time unified telephony. And same time unified telephony is a whole nother beast altogether. It isn't same time eight five. It's a whole nother product that's actually quite hard to get a hold of and, and get installed because you can only do it through ISL and I think one other partner right now. But but the um you know, the thing is it's it's just uh it's way harder than it should be. It's 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 like you know the the other thing is info centers. Literally, you go to like one release, so you go well. I've got the point oh one release. So you look at the point oh one release info center, and typically it's just a cut and paste of the one before, and they've done a search and replace on version numbers, and and actually doing an install whilst following the info center is is almost impossible because it takes you down these kind of like step 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 in different documents. And then it's so easy to miss a step because you missed one hyperlink at the bottom of one of the documents. Whereas when, the, when you use a book to install, you're turning the pages and you know you've gone to the next step. Info Center, it's really easy to miss a step or actually find that if you follow the flow of the links, it doesn't even take you to one of the steps that was required. So I find Info Centers actually make it much worse as well. So it, you know, my advice to anybody is if you're going to do this, print out the Info Center into a document, you know, and then use it like a regular book because otherwise you'll miss some steps that are in there that the flow doesn't take you to. But it, it's, you know, there's, it's, uh, there's some same, the, 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 as I was going to say, the, the IBM's doing a great job of, uh, you know, selling it to people, telling people video is great and all this sort of stuff. But in the real world, the video doesn't work. It doesn't work through a simple NAT firewall, which every home user has. They have like a Linksys box or, or a D-link that their, you know, company that the modem company's given them, so they can connect to the internet. If you have that between you and the same time server, you're not going to be able to do video. You have to be on the same network as the same time server for video to work in same time eight five. Well, wouldn't it be fair to say that this is the first iteration of of that particular code base slash offering, that's, Carl? That's that's making the excuse for an eight point five product, Bruce. It's making an excuse for things that people can go get for free and they work well in the free products like Skype. So when you compare same time, product you pay for, to a free product, and you go, which of these works, the free one, how does that make you feel? You know, if, if you, if, if, if this is what customers say. They go, why can't you get the video working? You go, well, if you all VPN in, it should work. Well, we don't want to have everybody VPN in. In that case, it won't work. Well, that's why they have people like you who are making big bucks supporting this stuff, Carl. Well, I don't know if we are. I mean, the thing is, the thing, my biggest issue with things like this is money's being wasted getting things running. And where, any, where customers get the most value is it from applications and enhancements to the product. And there's no money left for that because all the money's been spent just getting the thing installed. Do you, Bruce, you, you turned this I, into I, such a downer conversation. <laughs> Uh, I, no, uh, so, Sean, what what do you think? I mean, you know, you you chat to customers too. A question on the technical side: Why? What is it that they they're doing? Because I don't know, and you might 
that's so different from Skype that they can't get it to work. They don't have a reflector. So in same time eight, they had a reflector. So what would happen is your client would connect to the reflector. The reflector would then know who you were. The other client would connect to the reflector. It would know who you were. And it would then make the connection between the two of you to get connected. And Skype's doing the same thing. Skype has servers that we're all connecting through. So we're going through their reflector. So in same time eight five, that reflector doesn't exist at the moment. In a future version of same time, that reflector will be back there, and then you'll be able to do it through a NAT firewall. You'll be able to traverse firewalls and things then. But right now, for it to do a connection, it expects a direct connection from the server IP address to your IP address. So, so let's take a step backwards, Carl. What in a prior version of, of same time before 8.5, were you able to do this? Yes, because it had a reflector. Okay. And it got taken away because... We've moved to a whole new, basically same time 8.5, apart from the IAM components and the presence, is a whole new product. It's a whole new server. It's a version one product. Mm -hmm. So, and it's not there yet because they haven't written it. They haven't had time to write it yet. Okay, so... They, ben they know it's a big thing and they know they'll do it in the future. Other than the video stuff, benefits of the new platform, the new base it's built So the key, the key things are, and the things that, you know, people like is turning it around, man. No, good, 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 is the proxy server, which lets you, do, uh, lets you have a same-time Ajax client, the same-time web client. Well, defines, uh, define same-time Ajax, whatever you just said. So it means what you is have, it? well, you have at the moment same-time links, which is, you know, you can put web awareness into web pages and things, but it requires a Java virtual machine. Uh, the Ajax client is basically a client that runs in a web browser but doesn't require any Java applets or ActiveX objects. So you can have a chat client in your web browser, whether it be Firefox or IE. It also means they now have the iPhone client that's a web browser app that runs in the iPhone. That's also an Ajax client. Um, it has a full REST API, things like this. So it, it means that it's a little more accessible. One of the key benefits of having an Ajax client is for things like uh, websites where you have click here for help type things. You know, the thing with same time links is it would work for like 90% of the people if you were lucky because they'd have a Java virtual machine, but the other 10% wouldn't ever see the link so they could never click for help. With Ajax clients, it doesn't matter really what browser they're using uh, because they don't need any special virtual machine or Flash or anything like that to be able to take part in a conversation in same time. Um, other things are the meetings are there all the time. They're like meeting rooms. You have your own private meeting rooms. They exist once you create it. They exist forever, whether anybody's in there or not in there, and they exist until you delete it. The same time client now has the web meeting client built into the same time client. Um, one of the things that was said at Lotusphere that was kind of like a straight-out lie, really, was that the web client and the built-in same time client are identical. They're not identical. They look similar, but they have different functionality, and they offer different things. So uh, they're not the same, but the key thing for, for your meetings is you just give somebody a URL. They can get there with a browser. They don't need to install any meeting room applet unless they decide to share their screen or something. Mm -hmm. um, so it's much quicker for people to get into them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's uh, one thing about the iPad that I forgot to mention is I have a GoToMeeting and a WebEx client for the iPad, and I actually tested out the GoToMeeting client on the iPad and it was yep. uh, it was cool. I could uh, sit on my lazy boy and partake in a meeting. I could listen. Uh, I could talk. I could, you know, I you couldn't do uh, what do you call it? 
Uh, well, the we we where you drive oh, someone else's chair and stuff. Yeah, well, I could see their screen, but I I couldn't like right. take control of theirs. But it was very well done. The same time eight five proxy right now, you can access the the same time client with with an iPad, and you can get in, you can log in, and you can chat with somebody and things. The the biggest thing really that holds that back is actually the operating system on the iPad and the iPhone at the moment because when you switch out of that browser to another app, it logs you out of same time. So as soon as that OS four comes out and allows the, you know, the uh, multitasking, you'll be able to stay logged in when you switch to another application. Um, but the other thing is that in theory, there's no reason why you couldn't access a same time meeting room in same time eight five either with an iPad using the Safari browser, because it's just uh, it's all the communications going through Ajax and things. It's HTTP. There's no applet there anymore. I'm gonna change it up and, and direct this one at Jess. Jess, I don't know if we, we've talked about this on a, on a prior episode of uh, the 1352 report, but you do a lot of um, smaller shop type of consulting, right? Yeah. What, if any, um, push have you seen from small companies asking about cloud services? None. <laughs> you, you haven't seen any, have you? No. <laughs> so tell me what they are asking for. They are asking for um, Notes Client. They're all using the Notes Client. You know, I do most of my work in Rhode Island, and Rhode Island has a lot of factories all over the place. And many of those factories um, use Lotus Notes just because it's great for that. You know, they all have um, their own business processes. They have Securities, they're all ISO certified, so they need sign-offs, um, you know, they need very strict record keepings. And so all these factories have, you know, hundreds of homegrown production databases that they use. You know, they use it to track their patents, to track their ISOs and their sign-offs and, you know, reviewing all their policies and procedures um, for regulations, things like that. So what I see for them is they need um, faster changeover for the clients. You know, the most common request that I get from pretty much all my shops in Rhode Island that I work with is a faster way to update documents when things change, like, you know, signatures and, and usernames and things like that. Because what's happened is... Lotus Notes, as we all know, it's it's fantastic security in the access control list and the domino directory and things like that. But what I see all the time is that these companies have been using Lotus for a long time. And we're talking, you know, before a lot of um, these features were even around. So they're still using these databases. And I'm even, believe it or not, still in the process of converting a lot of these databases to much simpler processes. Um, a faster mechanism for doing that is something that a lot of them want. Um, they all use the client. They do use same time. You know, they're not using it for web conferencing. Not at all. They're using it for internal. Um, you know, even though they're um, not talking to different companies with same time, but they still have huge factories um, and they're using it very heavily internally. So they're looking for easier ways to upgrade, things like that. You know, they're all using the client. Not mm -hmm. a single one is using the web. Sean, what about you? You do a lot of consulting work. Any, uh, 
any inquiries about cloud cloud based offerings or the push to move to say cloud based email or or applications? None at all. Um, I don't think any of my clients have gotten to the point where they're trusting the cloud enough with their data. And I'm not going to push them that way because I got, haven't gotten there either. Okay, Carl? Uh, I had a couple of customers last year that switched from being, you know, Notes Domino, same time shops to Microsoft Online, uh, BPOS customers. And, and I think they, there were a couple of customers that were used and they were actually used as reference stories. So I think they probably got an even better price break because of that. Um, but otherwise, it's something that, you know, people are constantly looking at. And, and, you know, I don't want to go back to the same time 8.5 thing, but for some customers, the hardware requirements of same time 8.5, definitely for the smaller companies, kind of make it go, you know, with with the hardware costs, the, the hosting costs of this hardware, I might as well move to a hosted solution now because it's getting to the point where it's it's cheaper to do that than, than be having my own meeting servers and things. You know, as Sean said, you've you've gone from... A lot of companies that had one or two servers requiring five or six for the same functionality. You're talking about for online meetings. For online meetings, but you know, it's all related. You know, it's 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 all it's all it's all the same sort of stuff. You know, if you want to have this proxy, then you're going to put that somewhere and all this sort of thing. So, but yeah, but meetings are obviously a big driver there, and uh, you go to these meeting things, and a lot of them have the telephony integration already. They have the audio that works. They have their video and things like that. And they have it that works in web clients. So it, it, it's something that's definitely making people think a little harder about what they're doing in that area. Mm-hmm. And you've noticed, I think, even on Edge blog, I think it was uh, yesterday or the day before, where I think someone commented about uh, the duplicity in, in, in IBM having on-premise and, and cloud services. Did you guys catch that? See that. Yeah. I actually, I actually think that at the same time is actually a great product if you could have it with a mixed mode, as in I have some stuff running internally and I have some stuff running in a hosted environment. You, if you think about a meeting and you think about where the network connection is going, if you have 20 people inside your company that are going to go to a same time meeting, for example, if they can all connect to your internal server and then that server has one connection to an external hosted server where all your customers connect, then you know, think about that for your own bandwidth inside your company going out to the WAN. It, it makes a huge difference if you can kind of have a hybrid model of mixing the two together. And I, th- I think if IBM, you know, does it right, if, if, if that, that could be great where you could have, you know, some apps that are available for seven salespeople that are on those external servers and the other apps are internal and things on your internal servers. That, that makes life much easier for some customers, I think. So, Tungle. Has anyone played with Tungle? I haven't played with it in notes. I played with it a while back. And I, what I actually wanted to do is I wanted to schedule a meeting that was going to be two days long, and it wasn't able to do multi-day meetings. Right. And so when, I, when I sent them a suggestion, they sent me a really shitty letter back. So, really? I, so I don't like it. Yeah. So <laughs> Tungle, right, is, a, is a, uh, a service that will help you schedule meetings across different calendaring systems, right, Carl? Yeah. It will send a notification to people. And then a link, and you you can click the link, or if you've you've got the plugin for Notes, you can do it within Notes. But basically, you can then mark out when you you're available for a meeting, and Tungle kind of consolidates it down and comes out with the resulting suggestion of the meeting date and time. Right, and the people you schedule or want to schedule a meeting with have to be subscribers to the Tungle service, right? 
Right, but they don't have to be using the same email client as you. So they could be Notes, they could be Google, they could be Yahoo, they could be Microsoft. It doesn't matter. Right. Is there a, a cost associated with Tungle? I uh, don't believe there was. It might have changed. How would they make money then? How does any company on the internet make money? They don't. They don't for a long time, and then once they've got you, they make you pay. Hmm. Yeah. Or they're going to advertise for you or something, you know? Yeah, I, I, um, I, I played with, with Tungle. I, unfortunately, I don't have that many meetings scheduled, especially with people that are, you know, I, I, I don't. I don't schedule that many meetings, so uh, I, I'm just curious. I was just curious about that. Uh, I, I see them all over Twitter, and I think they were doing like, um, not, not that it was a terrible thing, but they were following people in the notes world, you know, with, uh, you know, I think their Twitter name was Tungle Rocks. Uh, I've been wanting to interview them to, to uh, learn more about their product, and I think I'm going to do it on the, the Taking Notes podcast. But, Sean, anything with Tungle? No? Nothing at all, and it... it, it I'm I'm with you, Bruce. Even though I do have a interaction with a bunch of people, I don't often do meetings outside of you know my current set of people. Um, and and all those I usually have a at a client that's already connected to their environment, so I'll do meetings through that mm. uh, registration or whatever. They're all hooked up to my BlackBerry, anyways. Yeah. So, but I mean, it, it's a good. It's probably really good for salespeople. That would be my idea, but it's not doing anything for me right now. Okay. Jess, no experience with Tungle? Nope. You mean you don't have a Palm Pre? It doesn't do it for you? <laughs> okay. Hey, I'm going to, uh, besides me sounding really funny tonight because I'm wearing different headphones and I can barely hear myself talk, I am going uh, to do something here. Stand by. Here comes the voice changer. Oh, Bruce. What are you doing, Bruce? Chris. Hello. We got you on the 1352 report here because you said in public that you're going to start a podcast again, and, and we didn't <laughs> want to let the world down, so we we figured we'd help you out, uh, give you five minutes of podcasting fame to update everyone on what you're doing with the Yellowcast. Ooh, um, nothing like being put on the spot. Um well, we've done what every good podcast should do. We've redesigned the website. We've recorded bumpers and intros. And Tim and I have not gotten together to record. So that, that's, the, that's what's holding it up. It's just Tim and I getting together to sit down and record. I had actually recorded uh, an episode the other night, Tim on his E, his uh, EPC, the E-E-E, I guess that's how you pronounce it, um, he recorded it without a microphone, walking in and out of his apartment for smoke breaks in the wind, and I recorded it while streaming audio on another machine, and the voice quality as a result was so horrible, we decided to just throw away the file. Well, you need to get with it, Chris, all right? And I'm a, everyone, I'm a Just right? They have to get with it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And Sean, kick Chris's ass a little bit here. It's all it takes is just a little bit of effort, Chris, to be a yeah, part of community. Yeah, look at us, Chris. We we do it like every week. And rescheduling. Actually, if we did it podcast as much as we actually schedule the podcast, then we probably <laughs> would have one every week. But they just don't end up happening. <laughs> but you See, gotta you schedule. You guys make it so fluid and so professional. Yeah, we, we have bumpers and everything too. 
Somehow a, Bill, a Billy Bruce, Squire Bruce, song is, is coming into my mind. Stroke Mate, what was that? <laughs> uh, Carl, you asked what was a bumper. Yeah, uh, I, I'm just wondering. I'm, I'm sure we must have him because Bruce does all this. A bumper, They're, it's music. Yeah, that oh, like sort of bumpers. transitions yeah. and, and kitschy little things in between segments. Yeah, actually, do the podcast. We don't know all that podcast lingo when you create it. We <laughs> just talk. You're just a talent, <laughs> is what you're saying. Just the talent. Yeah, you're just the prima donna talent, and, yeah. and Bruce is in the back with. Uh, I'm the fluffer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it gets uh, worse by the minute. All right, Chris. We we uh, we just wanted to get you uh, an on record to say that uh, you are making a conscious effort, you and Tim. But Tim's too busy writing tic tac toe for X pages. So, and I tried to play you, but it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I. I'm curious to that because you use Safari browser, right? I do. I use Chrome and it worked fine, and they're both built on uh, WebKit rendering. It, it, so, dude, I, dude, it's probably me. Tim's code rocks. It was probably just me and all the Safari plugins that I don't have. Well, I, I'm still trying to get exactly what Tim was doing there. I think he's using uh, remote event triggers. With you're X getting pages. too techy for the 1352 so, <laughs> report. Stop. See, I got I got a recorded yellowcast so I can you know deep dive this stuff. See, it, we the, the the deepest we got on the podcast today was talking about Ajaxy stuff uh, that Carl was talking about for same time eight dot five. Ooh, so all right, yellowcast. Excited now. So everyone, uh, Tim and and Chris will have an episode of the yellowcast out next week by Wednesday. So listen, it's yellowcast dot what dot net. All right. Chris, thanks for joining the 1352 Report. Now we're going to talk about you after we hang up. Thanks, guys. Take care. Take care. Bye, Chris. All right. Nothing. <laughs> Carl, did you get a Mac? No, I was doing bumpers. Did, did they work? No, that, that's pretty good, Carl. Uh, I, uh, I think we'll... You can produce this episode. <laughs> yeah, I can help you out. You're killing me, Carl. I know. I'm going to add all these sound effects as you talk. So, Jess, just to, to, to wrap things up here, we're, we're headed into like 40, 42 minutes of, of uh, blab. Um, you always have something interesting to share with everybody. Like that um, ga- gas tank thing and the oh, Roomba. Oh, I got a good one. Yeah. I got a good one. Okay. I actually, Matt's aunt taught me this not too long ago, and it's amazing. It has to do with your coffee maker. And when you put the coffee grinds in your coffee maker and it's all filled up after you add the water, take a couple of shakes, take your salt shaker and put in a couple of shakes of salt over the coffee grinds. Just maybe like three shakes max all around the top and then brew your coffee. And it is the most amazing coffee ever because for some reason, and I don't know the science behind it, but the salt just takes all the um, bitterness out of the coffee. So you're saying... Take, uh, like, I'll make six cups in the morning, six tablespoons of Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Carl, easy boy. Um, and you put a couple shakes of salt on it. Sean, you must be cringing. I, I, I don't drink coffee, so it doesn't bother me. Oh, you just got to buy good coffee. You will taste the difference. If you put a couple of shakes of salt in your coffee, like right on the top of the grinds, and then brew it, you'll be saying, this is the most amazing cup of coffee I've ever had. And if it sucks, uh, Jess's home phone number is? Then you can blame Metson. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's, like, 
it's like brining a chicken. If you buy a brine chicken or you brine chicken, it tastes totally different to just a regular chicken that you roast. Carl, you're quite the cook, and so is Sean. I, 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 no, I, I watched I watch that show, what is it, America's Test Kitchen. Ah, okay. Carl, any uh, flying episodes lately? Any advice for people who fly airplanes Let's out see, there? Let's see, what, what's happened? Well, uh, don't fly into ash clouds. Ash but, tag. Um, Let's see, since I, uh, I can't remember when we did it. Had I flown to the ice runway again when we last did this? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, so I flew to the ice runway again this year, and uh, there was a big fly-in. And a couple of landings after me, the guy kind of skidded off the ice into a snowbank and broke his, you know, nose wheel and stuff. So my advice is not to do that. <laughs> Sean, how about you? How is uh, Chef Burgess? Oh, Chef Burgess is tired. Been working a lot, which is good. Keeps me out of trouble. You've been doing a lot of idea jammy stuff, right? Well, you would know. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's a couple. There's one that's been released, which is America's Great Outdoors, and then. Um, probably have two more that'll be released, uh, shortly. Yeah. How much time do you have to fix, uh, uh, spend fixing our code? Not fixing your code. I spend time getting the UI to look like they want it to look. So I said, is, is this turning into a shameless plug for idea jam? Absolutely. No, you... no, no, we don't. We... Go take a look. <laughs> um, it's uh, like how it's done at the end of his thing. He goes, TiVo. If I told you about my TiVo, I love my TiVo. It's the greatest product. <laughs> but Idea Jam is great, Bruce. Well, thank you. No, I mean, I, we, we've had a lot of good success with it. Um, it the, the issues I'm having have nothing to do with technology. They're all around people. Yeah, and the fact that it's built on WebSphere now. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've got eight servers running one little website. We want to increase the price point by 40, so we converted it to WebSphere. Yeah, there's added value there, obviously, because it, it's bigger. It takes longer to do things. It must be doing more. Bigger, better, better butter. Yeah, very good. You're All getting right. better. Well, again, we apologize for... I apologize. It's it's pretty much my fault uh, about the, the being tardy uh, uh, for the 1352 report and the Taking Notes podcast, but hopefully that'll change. Uh, Carl, any parting words for the 1352 listener? I would say... Ignore everything I said about same time earlier. Great product. Go same time. Okay. And Miss, Mrs. Stratton. Um, enjoy your coffee tomorrow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Sean, Mr. Mr. Foundations. Well, I'm going to get a Foundations plug. Foundations 1.2 was released about a month and a half ago, um, which brings us up to Domino and Notes 851. And adds in the rescue server, which is really cool. So rescue server, what? It- yeah, it allows you as a business partner to have a server that sits on your place or off-site from the client and backs up their stuff off-site. So in case they have issues, they have a disaster recovery plan for small business. So what? And, go ahead, Carl. Go ahead. I was going to say, and Shortel shipped their foundations to Lefney server. Shortel shipped their foundations. Reach, yeah. Yep. Well, no, that's not Reach. Reach is, is same time. Uh, the yeah, no, but they shipped it for Reach, right? Yes, it is for Reach. Uh, yeah. Shortel is the PBX that runs on top of Foundations. NEC also has a beta out that is coming with an all-software solution for uh, the PBX. Um, both of those solutions look really, really nice um, and really should be advantageous for the small businesses that take it over. And then you and then you see that Microsoft has killed their EBS server, which is their 
advanced SBS. Um, so things are looking better for foundations. All right. Well, I'm still trying to get rid of my copy of Notes 9 here that I found at that bar. So if anyone's interested, uh, the price is now up to 6000 bucks. Give it to that Notes in 9 guy. Yeah. Where is David Leedy? He owes us a, a screencast. Can I, make, can I make a quick plug for something that I completely forgot? Uh, yes. Okay. No. <laughs> yes. Very quick. Salted coffee. <laughs> it's good for your heart. The View conferences are next week in Boston, right? The View um, Admin 2010 and Lotus Developer 2010. But this year they are doing something really cool. Um, they are actually doing a one-day notes end-user summit, which is really cool. And what they're asking, they're telling companies is to sign up one or two of your power users and it's four sessions. Um, I'm doing one on email and then I'm doing another one on customizing notes to work for you, which is all about how to, you know, change things in the client to work for you. Susan Bullock, um, the notes goddess, is doing um, her famous calendaring and scheduling session and Rob Axelrod is doing a session all about um, how to properly use the sidebar. So, you know, by the end of these four sessions, it's one day, and hopefully you can really be a master of the notes client. So it's May 13th in Boston, I mean May 12th in Boston, and if you want any more information about it to, or to send some of your users down to it, it's um, www.evu.com forward slash summit. So you're going to have a whole session on how to use location documents? No, that's for admins. That's not for the. I was going to say uh, you're going to need a whole day for how to use a sidebar. No, the sidebar is painful. <laughs> well, but... Rob will make it easy. Trust me. Okay. Uh, that's good. Well, that's a wrap for this episode of the 1352. <laughs> Carl gets a new toy. You know. <laughs> Thanks, Carl, and. Uh, Jess, I will let you know about my salted coffee. So yep. say goodbye, everyone. <laughs> See you Bye, later. Everyone.